0: CHAPTER Six OF QUIT YOUR WORRYING by George Wharton James This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gillian Hendry THE SELFISHNESS OF WORRY If worry merely affected the one who worries, it might be easier in many cases to view worry with equanimity and calmness. But, unfortunately, in the disagreeable features of life, far more than the agreeable, The aphorism of the apostolic writer, no man liveth unto himself, seems to be more than ordinarily true. It is one proof of the selfishness of the worrier, whether consciously or unconsciously, I do not say, that he never keeps his worry to himself. He must always out with it. The nervous mother worrying about her baby shows it even to the unconscious child at her breast. When the child is older, she still shows it, until the little one knows, as well as it knows when the sun is shining, that mother is worrying again. The worrying wife does not keep her worry to herself. She pours it out, to or upon, her husband. The worrying husband is just the same. If it is the wife that causes him to worry, or to think so, he pours out his worry in turbulent words, thus adding fuel to a fire already too hot for comfort it is one of the chief characteristics of worry that it is seldom confined to the breast of its victim it loses its power too often when shut up it must find expression in looks in tone of voice in sulkiness in dumps in nagging or in a voicing of its woes it is in this voicing of itself that worry demonstrates its inherent selfishness if father mother wife friends neighbors anybody can give help pleasure joy instruction profit their voices are always heard with delight if they have reasonable cautions to give to those they love who seem to them to be thoughtless regardless of danger which they see or fear or even foolhardy let them speak out bravely courageously lovingly and they will generally be listened to but to have them voice their fretful painful distressing worries no one is benefited and both speaker and the one spoken to are positively harmed for an unnecessary fear voiced is strengthened it is made more real if one did not feel it before it is now planted in his mind to his serious detriment and once there it begins to breed as disease germs are said to breed by millions and one moment of worry weds another moment And the next moment, a family of worries is born that surround, hamper, and bewilder. Is this kindly? Is it helpful? Is it loving? Is it unselfish? The questions answer themselves. The planting of worry in the mind of another is heartless, cruel, unkind, and selfish. Another question naturally arises. If this course of action is selfish, and the worrier really desires to be unselfish, How can he control his worry, at least so as not to communicate it to another? The answer also is clear. Let him put a guard upon his lips, a watch upon his actions. Let him say to himself, Though I do not, for my own sake, care to control the needless worries of my life, I must not, I dare not, curse other lives with them. Hence I must at least keep them to myself. I must not voice them. I must not display them in face, eyes or tone then there is the mother who worries over her child's clothing she is never ceasing in her cautions it is don't 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 from morning to night and whether this seems nagging to her or not there would be a unanimous vote on the subject where the child consulted as to his feelings of course the boy the girl must be taught to take care of his her clothes but this is never done by nagging a far better plan would be to fit a punishment which really belongs to the evil or careless habit of the child. For instance, if a boy will persist in throwing his hat anywhere instead of hanging it up, let the parent give him one caution, not in a threatening or angry way, but in just as matter of fact a fashion as if she were telling him of some news John, the next time you fail to hang your hat in its proper place, I shall lock it up for three days. Then, if John fails, take the hat and lock it up and let it stay locked up though the heavens fall the same with a child's playthings tennis rackets baseball bats and so on as a rule one application of the rule cures this is immeasurably more sensible than nagging for it produces the required result almost instantly and there is little irritation to either person concerned while nagging is never effective and irritates both all the time Other parents worry considerably over their children getting in the dirt. In an article which recently appeared in Good Housekeeping, Dr. Woods Hutchinson says some sensible things on children as cabbages. He starts out by saying, It is well to remember that not all dirt is dirty. While some kinds of dirt are exceedingly dangerous, others are absolutely necessary to life. If your children get into the dirty and dangerous dirt, Spend your energies in getting them into the other kind of dirt, rather than in nagging. Fall into the habit of doing the wise, the rational, the sane thing, because it produces results, rather than the foolish, irrational, insane thing, which never produces a result, save anger, irritation, and oftentimes alienation. In a little book written by J. J. Bell, entitled Wee McGregor, there is a worrying mother, fortunately she is sweet-spirited with it all or it would have been unbearable she and her husband john and the baby wee Jeannie, with macgregor were going out to dinner at aunt purdy's who was real genteel and awfully easy offended the anxious mother was counselling her young son regarding his behaviour at the table of that excellent lady and mind macgregor you're no to be asking for jelly till you've et twa bits of bread and butter it's no manners and yer aunt purdy's real particular and yer no to dicht yer mouth wi yer cuff mind that ye're to tack yer hanky and let on yer just gie in yer nib a bit wipe and yer no to scale yer tea nor sup the sugar if ony's left in yer cup when yer done drinkin and if ye drap yer piece on the floor yer no to gang after it yer just to let on yer vet it and yer no deed, lizzie interposed her husband ye're the yin to think about things well, John, if I didn't tell MacGregor who to behave his cell, he'll affront me. And so on, and so on, and so on. Who has not thus seen the anxious mother? And whoever saw her worrying and anxiety do much, if any, good. Train your child by all means in your own home, but let up when you are going out, for your worry worries him, makes himself conscious, brings about the very disasters you wish to avoid, and at the same time destroys his your and every one's else pleasure who observes feels or hears the expressions of worry chapter six